Hello and welcome to the If We Knew Then podcast. I'm Stephen Socks. And I'm Lori Socks. And today we're talking about summertime. Every year we really look forward to summer. Yeah, and maybe this year a little bit more. Yes, coming off of the pandemic and 15 months of distance learning. Which really was not bad for for us. us. No, no, the distance learning was really a gift to be able to sit with Liam and do his studies and provide him the supports. I mean, that's been a big conversation is that we implemented the supports that were in his IEP and he thrived. And we know that might not be the situation for everyone. And we in no way intend to minimize the challenges of the last year. We all know last year had its challenges. And when the pandemic hit, I mean, the first thing to to go were the therapies and the services. And we get it. It was a pandemic, something that's never been done before. And there was that struggle to reinvent what teaching was. But the frustrating part was we watched as our kids were just pushed to the sidelines and all of this energy went to supporting the neurotypical population. You couldn't help but be mad at it. But then that anger only goes so far. It becomes like futile or it can become fuel. And so we chose to take that energy instead to support Liam and to pick up the ball and move forward because the truth is we're all connected. So we just had to do our part. It was frustrating at first, but then that frustration takes such a toll. So we're really working towards what is the best way to accept how things are and then continue to advocate and change but also to not let our son falter because of the failures of a system. And the best way we found is to just do the work, do the work where it's not being done. And that's what we did for 15 months. And we came through a pandemic. Liam thrived. I'll be honest, it was great to be with him, to be able to hear teachers, to be able to experience the classroom. That was a great gift. And to be able to support him and see what happens with our son when he does receive the supports that are in his IEP and that he needs to access his curriculum and to find success. And what we found is with those supports, he does succeed. And there's no way you can take that back. There's no, there's no take backs on that because from this point forward, if there's some kind of failure, we're going to have to ask, why is there a failure? Because we know with the supports where he can be. But that's done, and now it's summer, and now it's our time. And we went into this summer with the same mindset of we're going to support Liam. We were going to take advantage of the summer school that was offered to the inclusive classroom. We were excited about that being an opportunity again. We reached out to the APEIS, uh, knowing that we had challenges. Because last year, it was met with a lot of resistance, It was painful. (laughs) It was a lot of phone calls. It was a lot of frustration, tears, you know, the journey, the, the normal journey that we have experienced 
in trying to just get Liam that equal education. Yeah, the school district's idea was that he needed to take ESY, which is the summer school, which is a special ed summer school. Extended school year. Yeah, that he'd have to take ESY to get his services. But he is in a classroom with his peers and has uh, an inclusive placement. So that is an inappropriate placement for him over summer if there's a summer school that's inclusive. That's inclusive being mm-hmm. offered. So that was a huge fight. We had a huge fight. We had to fight for our services. and We didn't want to do that again. And we didn't. We didn't because, you know, we've been doing this for 15 months in a row where we've just been supporting Liam. And to be honest, I know that the supports and the communication would have been there if I was willing to continue to do the job that isn't my job, that's somebody else's job. And it's summer. So I said, you know... I'm going to empower the APEIS to do her job, uh, give her a heads up that this was a challenge to us last year. And I did it with plenty of time. It was May. Like a month out. It was May. It was more than a month. It was May when I reached out and the school year didn't finish until June 14th, right? Right. Around Mm -hmm. there. So long story short, by the beginning of summer, the APEIS reached out to me for advice as to who I had spoken with the previous year, which was a red flag that things weren't really going the way that we hoped they'd go. And I did. There was a part of me that was conflicted. (laughs) Like, uh, how can a parent know more when that's your job? But that is the problem. That is the problem is that, you know, we've worked really hard. So we know where to really find those answers or the work that's involved. I mean, it's a personal, it's a personal advocacy. So we just, you know, grind the gears and do it. Whereas somebody who is new to this job doesn't know the ins and outs and from the district herself didn't know who to ask, which is not a personal judgment, but a judgment on a system that really is not set up to support our children for success. So it was a red flag to us. And at that point, we just, I think we just accepted. We had the conversation that there's a really great chance Liam is not going to have the supports that he's supposed to have. Liam may not be in an inclusive classroom. There's going to be a hiccup over the summer. We just knew it. We didn't know what it was going to look like, but we knew that there was probably going to be a challenge because honestly, we weren't the ones making it happen. And that was a decision, though. That was a decision because we'd made it happen all year. And we were kind of tired of making it happen. Uh, So we let it go. And we didn't receive any calls about the supports or the classroom. Uh, We did register for Liam in March for his summer school classroom. And then we moved forward. The day before summer school was to start, we had not been contacted regarding Liam's services. We reached out to the APIS and to the principal and let them know, but we did not hear anything back. The first day of summer school, we went to log Liam on and there was no class there for him. So, you know, we made that decision. We talked about it like, okay, how much is this worth to the peace of mind, to the sanctity of our household? What is it worth? What are we willing to give? Because we know this story. We know this path. What are we willing to give some more of our peace of mind? Because honestly, we got spoiled, right? We got spoiled the last 10 weeks of school because we had an awesome teacher who supported Liam and appreciated him in her classroom. 
So we had to make that decision. And I think that's when we said, um, let's just move forward and supporting Liam the way we do. Because by, at the end of the school year, we had at the same time given the APIS a heads up, we went ahead and requested all the books for the beginning of his fifth grade year, which you can do that. It's front loading. So there's no reason you shouldn't be able to front load over the summer. So you ask for the books. And textbooks. The textbooks. And then I asked for the chapter books. What mm -hmm. will they be reading? And then I ordered the chapter books. And I know, and that's just front loading. We're going to make him familiar with that first, you know, month or so of schoolwork. So when he sees it, it's not a complete unknown. So we didn't receive a response from the APIS or the principal. And, you know, we, we had said, we're just, we know what this is and we're just going to move forward. But then I couldn't, I just couldn't. I had to make a phone call. I had to find out why Liam was not in the summer school class that he was supposed to be in. Why hadn't we been contacted? Where were his support? I had to know. I did. Because we had received a letter concerning Sophia and From her summer district. school. Yeah, yeah, saying that she was put on a wait list for her summer school. Because the class was full. Right. But we didn't receive any communication regarding Liam. And I had to know. Another long story short, after many, many phone calls, talking to many people, the difference this year, though, I found that the people that I spoke with along the way, now I was connected to IT I was connected to so many random people. I was never connected like to the summer school department. I was never connected to anyone whose real job it is. I did not know who these people were when I was talking to them until like into the conversation. And then I'd ask what they did. And this poor guy was like, I'm so sorry, ma'am. I'm just IT. And I just was like, I am. I apologize that this is the situation that they put you in because, you know, he's dealing with someone who has this expectation of talk. I'm thinking I'm talking to someone who's responsible for the summer school or for Liam's supports. And I'm talking to someone who's in charge of IT. That's where they put me. This has nothing to do with IT. This has nothing to do with IT. The implementation of an IEP has nothing to do with IT. But the great thing was what I felt with each of those conversations, and there was six of them, <laughs> the love, the concern from people who aren't in that system, like not the LRE specialist who look, stares us down uh, at every IEP and tries to pull our son off curriculum, the other people that don't know this journey, aren't familiar, the concern in their voice, the questions they asked, it gave me hope. And it was really nice that even though that they could do nothing, they cared. And that really settled in a place with me that gave me hope. Because maybe this journey that we're on where we're fighting the system that continually denies our children equality in the education in the classroom, that's their job. But in the real world, actual people care. The one man who <laughs> reached back to me was trying to help me find the answer and what went wrong. And he was in charge of STEAM, enrichment, an after-school program. That's what his job was. But he was so concerned and he, he wanted to make sure Liam 
had the supports he needed. He used those words. And at the end of the conversation, as I sat in my car in Trader Joe's crying, because the reality of the situation is the reality of this journey that we've had with the education system all along, is Liam was disregarded. Liam, there was no class for him, but no one bothered to reach out and tell us so we could put him in the in-person inclusive classroom. They just took him out to float away. There was no accountability. And no matter how much I know that's true, I know it's not right. And it, and it breaks my heart every time. It's not just my son that this happens to. It happens to a lot of kids. Sadly, it's a common thread. Yeah. And so as I sat in my car and the Trader Joe's parking lot crying, talking to this man who was so generous with his time and so concerned, I took that opportunity to be present in the moment. And I can be angry about what happened, which, you know, there's anger there, there's frustration. Or I could take the opportunity to ask this man, now you have insight into this journey and this conversation that we've had, you will most likely never have with a parent of a neurotypical child because this will not happen to them. And so know this exists. And so from this point forward, whenever you're creating a program for children, be aware of its need to be inclusive, of the children who learn differently. Be aware that they need their supports in order to succeed. Just be aware of that as you move forward. And, the, and, I, asked, and I said, I hope that every program from this point forward that you create, just keep this conversation in mind and know that this is how children with disabilities are treated. So when that was all done, we said, okay, now we are really walking away. We're going to put this one to bed. We're going to move on. But then we received an email response from the APIS saying, sorry, Liam didn't get his supports, but here is a number you can call to see if they know what's going on. And I just couldn't let it sit there. I couldn't let it sit in a place where this person thought it was my job to find out why they didn't do their job. And that's when I kind of lost it. And I wrote an, a long letter. <laughs> because it's not my job to find out why you didn't do your job. And it shouldn't be my concern, especially for the last 15 months I've been doing your job. It's not my concern or responsibility to find out how you failed. It's your responsibility to know you failed and to make the change to support my child. It's your responsibility to give my child the same opportunity in education as every child. So it's not my job. And the letter was long and it, and it recapped everything we had done, even though we hadn't wanted to do anything. And I emailed it. I, I included our lawyer on the email this time. And that was because I have to give our lawyer all this information when we go into the IEP. And instead of having to tell this whole story to our lawyer, I thought it was easier for her to be a part of the communication. A paper trail, which is silly. It's so silly that we have to do that. But two days after I sent that email with our lawyer attached, we received an email from an OT therapist. And then a day later, 
a speech therapist reached out to us. And the most frustrating thing is none of that would have probably happened if we had not included our lawyer on our email. And that shouldn't be the case. It shouldn't be the situation for anyone. It should be equal education. It should be the implementation of an IEP because it's a legal binding document. Not because you have an attorney attached to an email. No, because I, all I can ever think about is how many people don't have an attorney and then their child doesn't receive their services and there's no consequence. There's no accountability. That's what I think about in those moments. So we had already resigned to walk away. We were done. We weren't going to invest any more time because we had invested more time than we wanted to in the first place, but we had to take a breath. Now the OT dropped away because she was directly attached to ESY, which we were not signed up for. Liam was in an inclusive placement, but speech was there for us. And that's when I have to step aside because I had walked away I'd walked away from these hoops they make us jump through all the time. I'd walked away from begging and working so hard to receive what Liam was supposed to receive, what's outlined in his IEP. But when this very nice woman reached out and offered us speech, even after I responded, kind of frustrated about the amount of time that had passed, I had to take a moment to step out of then my ego because I was done. But the truth is Liam needs speech. And that's when (laughs) these paths converge. And I remembered words I read in uh, Mei Zen's book, Mama Zen. And it was about, I'm paraphrasing here, stepping out of the way so that my agenda was not pushed. And Liam's well-being wasn't sacrificed because of my agenda. My agenda being, I'm done. And at first we were just going to say, no, we're done. We, d- we don't need the speech. We're done. We've done this. We've done, we've, we've cried in our car in the parking lot. We're done. But we couldn't because Liam needs speech. And that's who this is all about is Liam. What's best for him? So no, they, they failed him completely when it came to summer school and that inclusive classroom with curriculum and socialization and all of those good juicy bits. They failed him, but we have some speech and, and that's where we are now. We, we're going to continue to uh, support him the way we always do with reading and his curriculum and all of that front loading that we talked about. We had a great conversation with Liv and Danielle from the Down Syndrome Resource Foundation about education and supports. And that's, that episode is coming up in the next couple of weeks. They gave us some, some light bulb supports and information of things that we can do to prep him for fifth grade, how to break down the curriculum, how to break down a chapter book. Uh, the difference between visual and auditory learning and some really great information that I was so, that I am so excited to implement as we support Liam. And the reason we're taught, we're having this conversation is it's summer and we fought really, really hard to not give away our moments because I think that's what we're getting at is that after this pandemic, 
and coming through and the school year and whatever that looked like, whatever the successes or the struggles and the challenges, this summer is our, our time together as a family without the struggle, without the pain and reminders of the inequality. I just don't have time for it right now because I know it exists. And I know come August 15th, we're going to be right back into it. But I just wanted this summer to be about us. And the thing is, we are advocates. And so we're used to advocating. But for the summer, what I realize is I'm advocating for my family. I'm advocating for our peace of mind. I'm advocating for equality in the classroom always, but I'm advocating for equality over the summer. Our summer should have the right to look like everybody else's summer. We have the right to that peace. We have the right to enjoy each other. And sometimes that can be hard as advocates, but it's about taking care of ourselves and taking those moments. It's about self-care. And I have to say that because I know that we're always fighting. And we always say that we do it because we have the ability and the energy. And we have the ability, but I just don't have the energy for, for that fight to impact this time. This time to renew and refresh and rest. And so this is what advocating is going to look like for the next 10 weeks. Just being present. Isn't that what Maisen said? Mm-hmm. Being an advocate is just showing up. Show up. Just show up. That's it. It's just show up. So we're showing up. That's how we're advocating this summer. We're going to show up and we're going to be present. And we did. We, we, we did create a lot of uh, different ways to support Liam and break things down to make them fun, like going to the zoo with a pad of paper that says who, what, when, where, and asking those questions at the different animals that we visit, who, what, when, where, and letting him fill in the blanks. But it's fun, right? Liam gets to have fun. And we're still getting OT and speech, rec therapy and PE all kind of wrapped up in one, but it is in a different form. You know, I think of he just wanted to walk up this hill like by the zebras and he wanted to walk on the curb and, and put his hand on the railing and took some balance. But instead of saying, Don't come do down, that. You're gonna yeah, get hurt. Let's, <laughs> let's hold his hand and we'll actually let it go as far as he wants and go. And <laughs> we always look at each other like PT, OT. We're, like we're highly aware of the intricacies that it takes for every achievement. Part of walking on a balance beam that brought me joy was it's what Sophia does. And he looked at his sister doing it and he wanted to do it and he did it. And we let him and we watched. And it was a great moment. It was a great moment when we finally did step away. Like we kept saying we would. And took that breath from having to just do all the time. Holding ourselves and Liam responsible to these standards Working when nobody else is working, everybody else was on vacation. These emails that we'd get, sorry, I'm not there. I'm on vacation. We get that. We're entitled to that. You know, we don't need to work from a place of fear of what they might do. If for one moment, Liam is not prepared because we have seen what they try to do. And so that's what we carry with us. 
but preparing for their misperception of our son is not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to our family and to our children. And I think what we're teaching are the lessons that they'll carry. So that's how we're advocating this summer. We're advocating for a summer because that's what we need. That's what we've earned after 15 months of distance learning. And if Liam needs some extra support when school year starts, then so be it. We'll deal with it then. But for now, we're here. I'm not going to send another email. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to enjoy the summer. That's my promise. I'm going to enjoy this summer and make as many memories as I can because that's what summers are for, right? Please follow us on Twitter at If We Knew Then Pod, and you can drop us a line on our Facebook page at If We Knew Then Pod, or visit our website, ifweknewthen.com, to send us an email with questions and comments. And you can join our mailing list there and get alerts of future podcast episodes. All these links will be added to this episode's show notes. Thank you again, and we look forward to you joining us on the next episode of If We Knew Then. Oh,